All right, welcome in to the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast, the NBA edition. Rob Parker, Martin Weiss. Yours truly has been covering the league since 1987, and Martin Weiss has been covering the NBA since he had a cup of coffee and a sweet roll. But anyway, this will be the NBA destination you want to talk about the league, to maybe get some insight on games you might want to bet on. So let me welcome in my uh, co-host, Mr. Martin Weiss. What's up, Martin? Rob, that's right. I, You know, here's the thing. What you bring in grizzled veteran leadership, like, you're like Udonis Haslam, okay? I'm like the young Tyler Hero. Like, I, I, I'm the guy on the court in the finals. You know, you're the guy. You, you, you've been there for a long time, but it's okay. It's all right. It, it, we, all, we may need to, to go back to the Jerry West days. At, you know, what was Bill Russell's input like? You know, how will Bill Russell play against Joel Embiid? We'll have you for all of that. It won't be that ancient, but I will give you a little perspective on the league since I've been around for a long time, 35 years covering this league. But this will be fun. We'll have a lot of fun, just like it was on the football edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast with TJ Hushmanzada. We had a lot of fun. So now Martin and I, we've both known each other for a while. Uh, we work together in Detroit. We work together here in Los Angeles. So, yeah, make sure you subscribe and join in with us. We'll bring some NBA players, uh, former players, some broadcasters, all kinds of people to talk about the game, give you some insight. And, Martin, what else we got for them? And then on top of that, I'll tell you where you're right and where you're wrong about the NBA topics because, you know, believe me, Rob, you're wrong more often than right. And We'll lean on some uh, good NBA games to bet on, try to make some money. Valentine's Day just happened. It's time to cash out. All right, now let's welcome former NBA player, two-time NBA champion, and current Mississippi Valley State basketball coach, Lindsey Hunter, to the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast NBA edition. What's up, my main man, Lindsey? What's happening? What's up, Rob? How you doing? Man, doing great. How are you? You hanging in in the snowstorm? What's going on down there? Oh, man, we're hanging in there. You know, it's not uh, an everyday thing to get ice and snow in in Mississippi. So everybody's kind of in shock right now. See, I was born in Louisiana, where it's also pretty random to get ice and snow. The thing right. that I'm sure is happening in Mississippi right now, everybody's sitting down and not going <laughs> outside. When Michigan, Rob Parker will tell you, Ice and snow, we'll see you at 8 a.m. Monday morning. Exactly. We'll like, like I, I just never understood it. So I can appreciate the idea that you're saying Mississippi Valley State, we're not doing anything right now because <laughs> it's an ice storm. Lindsey knows. He lived in uh, Detroit for a long time. He knows that weather up there. And, uh, right. you know, there's no doubt about it. But Lindsey won two championships, one with the uh, Lakers, one with the Pistons. And, and let's just talk, Lindsey some NBA right off the bat. Um, some of the stories that have been making news is Draymond Green came out and ripped the NBA for a double standard that uh, some teams have sat players down and decided that Andre Drummond and um, uh, Blake Griffin. Griffin aren't going to play, you know, because they're trying to move them. <clears throat> And, and he's saying it's a double standard. If a player says something about he wants to be traded or whatnot, it ain't fair because they get fined. But I think there's a little bit of a difference. 
between sitting somebody down so that they don't get hurt so that they can move on to a better situation compared to a player damaging the franchise and damaging their value by saying they want out. What did you make of Draymond's comments? Well, I, I look at both sides of the, the coin, and I, I think Draymond has valid you know, uh, concerns as well as a team has valid concerns. Um, there has to be a, a happy medium that both can come to because just like uh, as a player, and I, I felt this as a player, how would you feel if they were shopping you and all of a sudden they told you, hey, we don't want you to play anymore because we're trying to move you and we don't want you to get hurt. And as a player, if I felt like, man, I need to move on, you know, um, I don't have any say-so in, in what happens to my situation. So I, I look at it both ways. And, and as a player, of course, I'm going to always lean kind of towards the player because I was a player. Um, there has to be more done to consider the effects of it mentally on a player as well as physically. So I, I guess my question would be, what, what do we do differently then? Because, like, the idea that Draymond was bringing up, the like, James Harden, the reason why he was, was trash because he was unprofessional as he left Houston. Like, Anthony right. Davis, that whole thing, that if you want to lean on the organization for that one, I can understand that. Because Anthony Davis did show up to work, and the Pelicans said, no, we're going to bench you. Right? <laughs> so there's the, the – but that happens to what? 3% of NBA players? Four, top 5% of NBA players? It, it doesn't seem like a very valid concern, it's, and not even for, especially for a guy like Draymond, where like it comes back on the other way. You know what I'm saying? Well, well it, it, it it's only brought to light when it's marquee players. It happens to a ton of guys that get traded or cut or or discarded every single year, but you never hear about it. You know, so um, when it's a marquee guy, of course you're going to hear it. it's going to be in the headlines. You know, uh, Andre Drummond has a huge contract, so we're going to know about situations that are, that are going to occur with him. You know, uh, Blake Griffin was a marquee player, so we're going to hear about those situations, but there are a ton of situations that we don't hear about that happens like this that guys aren't even, you know, um, talked to or, or considered to, to be, even be reached out to when they're traded or they're cut. So I think that's the biggest thing, not the fact that it's happening, but just the way that it's happened. So, so real quick, I think part of the problem is you have these reporters like Rob Parker here who are breaking <laughs> news of guys getting traded before a team even has an opportunity to flesh out the whole deal. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's part of it too. But even uh, in that situation as a team, if you're going to trade a person, you need to have a conversation with them in the beginning. You know, I, 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 no matter what, if it happens or if it doesn't, if you're shopping a guy, I think it's just fair to have a conversation with him and say, look, we're looking to move you. It may happen or it may not. You know, so if you hear something, this is what's going on. That's fair. I, I can buy into that about communication. Here's the other thing. Uh, KG, Kevin Garnett said recently that players from 20 years ago couldn't play today. Lindsay, what did you make of that? I'm like, 20 years ago, so what, Kobe couldn't play? <laughs> like, like Reggie Miller couldn't play shooting threes. Ray Allen couldn't play shooting threes. What, what, how, how in the world could players from 20, maybe 60 years ago they couldn't play? What did you make of that? I, I didn't understand what he was saying. I, I just, you know, 
I think he just got carried away in the moment because, you know, guys 20 years ago could easily play in today's game. You know, we can even go further back and go, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you know, uh, guys like that easily could play in today's game. Grant Hill, you know, all, all those guys have skills that would easily translate in today's game and probably would make them better in today's and, and game. Those guys played against defense. There's no defense in the NBA. I mean, when you watch, you can't touch anybody defensively. Right. You were one of the best on-ball defenders. You, 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 you would probably fall out of every game now. Right, right, right. right. Am I right. right? No, you're right. You're right. And I think that's part of the transition to we want to get scoring back up. You know, we want the entertainment value to be where it is today and and they've done a good job. I mean, you got guys like, you know, that uh, LeBron who's still playing like peak LeBron, you know? Um, so it's entertaining and, and it's worth, you know, these guys are great players, not saying they're not great, um, but, but there's no way that you can tell me that guys that played 20 years ago couldn't still be as good as they were then in today's game. That That's just okay. that's not true. Okay, so let's flip it this way. And I feel like the obvious answer is LeBron, so I eliminate him right now. You can't pick him. <laughs> but pick a guy from today who, when you were playing with, you know, in, in your era, who would be just as dominant as they are right now. Oh, that's easy. It's Kevin Durant. He's the most unguardable player that we've seen, you know, uh, since Michael Jordan. I, I mean, Kevin Durant's I have a guy. And I hear you. Kevin Durant is 50, 40, 90 amazing. But I also remember hearing stories of Ben Wallace at 6'8 getting tried out for shooting guard when he first got to the NBA. And part of me just has it in my head that they would say, no, son, you're seven feet tall. Go down to the block. <laughs> they probably would say that until he, uh, you know, goes out and hits 10 threes in a row. And then they'll say, oh, OK, son, <laughs> you can do that. You know, and, and, and what's funny to me, I hear people talk about Steph Curry and say, oh, well, he couldn't play back in the day. Well, no, that's not true. Steph transcends time because of the skill that he has. And, and by far, he's the best shooter that we've ever witnessed in this game to this day. Lindsay, let's talk about your career. And like I said, you did win two championships, 2002 with the Lakers, 2004 with the Pistons. It's not, I, I know it's like asking you which one is better, picking your, your favorite <laughs> child. So I get both championships are special. Obviously, I got to see the 2004 Pistons team, which I thought was a great, great, probably the last real team where there wasn't some one-name superstar, right, that led the team. That was a special group. I'm not taking away from the Shaq and Kobe Lakers or whatever, but, but was that 2004 Pistons team special to you? Very special, Rob. It's funny you say that because – I, I often look back at, at some of the, the footage of our, our team, you know, just to see the camaraderie and, and how um, well-versed we were to, to cover for each other. And, and we just, man, we had an uncanny ability to just be there for each other that unlike I've ever seen. Um, and, and that team was, you know, so special to me because of those reasons. Uh, and, and we truly, you know, were really close on and off the court. Um, and, and to your point, um, not one guy dominated, you know, um, as far as scoring or, or any other way 
besides Ben, Ben was our dominant defensive guy, right. you know, but Rasheed was just as good, you know, but, but that team was truly special. And I don't know if we'll ever see a team like that again. I remember you and Mike James coming off the bench, the pit bulls was in nickname and they used to play like dogs growling. <laughs> I mean, right when, when you guys came in, it would be like the pit bulls would come in and, and you guys were a great tandem when you would come into a game. Right, and it's so funny listening to what teams would say about our scouting reports. They would say, oh, we're getting ready for you. You guys is pressed. And we were like, pressed? We didn't, there's no pressed. <laughs> we, just picked, we just picked up full court. And, and we, you know, we played off of each other. If, if I took away the strongest ball handler, then Mike would take the other guy, and Rip would be there in the passing lanes. This was nothing rehearsed. It was just instinctive things that we did that, you know, we just were so good at playing off of each other. They, they called it a press. You called it defense. Right, basically. <laughs> right. So, but like, so to that point, in a league now today where there's no defense being played, I mean, you got, got, you got franchise records from three like every night. Teams are shooting 55% from the field and losing. So people are shooting 83 pointers a game. 80. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we're talking, we'll talk about the all star game in a little bit, but it's like all star game level defense minus the fourth quarter, what we've seen throughout this NBA season. Now, of course, everybody's scoring up. You can't guard anybody hand checking, but the stuff that you were just talking about, right? Where if you took off the primary defender, Mike James was going off for the secondary ball handling, Rip and Sheed and Ben, they all knew where to go. How much of that do you attribute to like just being able to practice and being on and being able to have the camaraderie that teams aren't able to get right now with COVID protocols? Because it seems everybody's just playing games every other night, and it it seems to me at least that result is being played out in some of the end score results and some of the play that we see on the court. I think that that uh, has a lot to do with it because you really gain the thing that you're talking about, the cohesiveness in practice. And, and I can tell you, um, our piston practices were nothing short of war. We were out there trying, we were trying to go at each other's necks in practice. I mean, guys would come out of practice with ripped practice jerseys, torn shirts, scarred up, and we would laugh in the locker room and talk about, you know, what we just did to you out in practice, you know? Um, and I think you missed that element because of what's going on in today, you know, with COVID and things like that and not having the practice times, not having the time to really sharpen what you do as a group, you know, um, that, that has a big effect on it. Lindsay, one more question when I let you go. Uh... The Brooklyn Nets have three offensive weapons we've never seen put together. Right. Uh, when you talk about Durant and uh, Kyrie Irving and uh, James Harden, who's playing point guard and playing beautifully at point guard. I mean, they're averaging more points than when Durant and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were together. Is Can they win a championship? And when you look at the, the offense that they have, because, you know, people talk about their defense. It's about stops. You're not going to stop anybody really defensively. So so they don't have to become some defensive juggernaut. It's not that kind of a league. But what about the, the teaming up of these three? Is this as powerful as you ever seen, like three offensive players? Man, when I when I first saw the, the trade, <laughs> I, I, I texted a couple of my buddies, and I was like, man, 
they're going to the finals. Right. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I said, they're in the finals. And, and everybody was like, well, they don't play the defense. I said, well, here's the thing. They don't have to be as, as good on defense as everybody else. They just have to sustain a, a certain level during the playoffs. If they can be top 10 defensive-wise in the playoffs, it's really hard to beat those guys. Because you can't, you can't consistently stop them night in and night out. I think we've seen that. Who are you going to leave? Somebody's going to be open. Am I right? Somebody's going to be open. Right. And they have enough other guys that are playing well, you know, off the bench. And we, we witnessed that the other night in Phoenix. Did you see that three-point night on the fourth quarter? No Durant and no Kyrie played in that game. And they, they scored 40 points in the fourth quarter and won that game. Right, against yeah. the team. Against the Sun team, by the way, who I bet on that was favored by five and a half points to start the game. I have you know, I got, I just, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm still feeling that one because it was <laughs> again the biggest comeback in Nets franchise history was last was what last night, right. two nights ago, whenever and and and, yeah. after, and their stars are on the bench. I'm watching Joe Harris and Jeff right. Green just do me in. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the type of firepower they have with without the other big three. So I, I think, man, they're going to be a tough out. I don't know if a team can can beat them the best, you know, four out of seven. It, I would like to see it, and I'm going to be watching, but I don't think anybody can pull that off. All right. Our man, Lindsey Hunter, uh, two-time NBA champ, also the uh, uh, men's basketball coach at Mississippi Valley State. Man, we appreciate you, Lindsey. You always, you know this, Always one of my favorite players uh, to cover. I was there when you were drafted. I saw your whole yep. NBA <laughs> career, man. I saw you have a family and kids and the whole nine yards. And I really appreciate you. I do. Always appreciate you, Rob. Martin, appreciate you, brother. Anytime you need me, let me know. Thanks so, man, so much. Man, thank you, man. Thank, I appreciate right. you getting Zoom hooked up for us, man. I like that. 12 All right. months into the <laughs> pandemic. You know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you doing that for us, man. All right, Martin. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Peace. Before we get into debates, I want to say one of the things that I love about betting on basketball is I'm always finding new prayer props or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is being able to combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. It's called a same game parlay bet, and you can only find them on FanDuel. Tonight, I'm going to parlay the Kings plus three with De'Aaron Fox's over points. And right now, new existing users can get up to $25 back each day if your parlay falls one leg short with same game parlay insurance. You heard that right. Every day. Now, that's why I bet on FanDuel because it's easy to use. You get your money in this little 24 hours if you win. And they always have some kind of crazy odds boost or special like a refund if your parlay falls one leg short. So just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today to try a same game parlay and use promo code LP3 at sign up. That's promo code LP3 so they know the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast sent you. And now, get back to the show. All right, Rob. Let's get into these debates. Debate Central, where we talk about the three hottest topics in the NBA. And I know that the number one hottest topic in the NBA since James Harden belly ached his way out of Houston has been the Brooklyn Nets and the big three of today's era. Rob, I think that while the Nets have incredible firepower, 
This is real life, and it's not 2K. And if they don't get a big man, I don't see how they can beat the Lakers in the finals. So as of right now, I still think the Lakers are the favorite. The Lakers aren't the favorite. I mean, I, I really don't. I know people are living in, uh, you know, because they won last year. It's very difficult to repeat. And the other thing is they won't be able to stop. The Lakers will get, be getting twos and the Nets will be getting threes. And they will get a big man. They'll add to their team. Their roster is not set. So let's not act like this is your set roster. And we're watching that the Lakers are missing uh, uh, Dwight Howard. And also, AD now has an injury that we'll have to watch. Anthony Davis will be fine come playoff time. I, they... Are you a doctor? You're a doctor now? You know he's going to be fine, right? That's what they said to KD. You're fine. Go back out there. No, KD, because KD snapped his junk in the first round of the playoffs. Anthony Davis did it before Valentine's Day. He has plenty of time to recover, fully and healthy. And if, if AD and LeBron, those two twin towers are going, you got AD. I mean, you got, uh, you got LeBron for Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. I mean, it's just – I just don't see a situation in which, like – and plus, too, you're, you're, you're really pinging on James Harden. Because he's going to have to be like the point guard kind of maestro of this team. And wait, 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 we need to see James Harden do it in the playoffs first. Before I can. I've watched him play in the last, in the regular season the last 10 years. I've seen he this just, show before. I want to talk about when his elimination game on the floor. Against the Phoenix Suns because he had 38 dribbling the ball and doing his thing. You remember that? I How know many times were, have the Phoenix Suns made the playoffs in the last eight years? Yeah, but they're playing well right now. They had a better record than Brooklyn going into the game with six straight wins. Brooklyn right now is the best team in the NBA. Topic number two. Oh, you're done talking about it, huh? Okay, well, in that case, we'll move on to the NBA All-Star game. You have LeBron James and De'Aaron Fox and numerous other players who are going to be in the All-Star game or qualify for the All-Star game saying they just have no energy, no interest, no passion in participating. Parker, what say you? It's not an All-Star. The All-Star game is about the fans as well. The mayor of Atlanta said, don't come. Don't come down here. No, that's what an All-Star game is. And the players are right. Why are you trying to force an All-Star game? You know what? Major League Baseball canceled their All-Star game last year. The NFL didn't have a Pro Bowl. Why waste time on an expansion, on an exhibition game that doesn't matter where there's a chance of people traveling in from all over the country to catch COVID? It doesn't make sense. The game doesn't matter. There's no cash windfall for the NBA with television. Why go ahead with it? Yes, there the is a cash windfall for the NBA and television. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it in the first place. And why are they going to play the game? The same reason they're playing all the other games that they're playing in the no, regular season. The for money and for TV rights. It's, no. I mean, the idea that a professional – listen, they're going to play this game, and I don't understand why players are upset that they are going to play this game. If you're going to be upset about the All-Star game, you should be upset that there's a season in general. And I understand there wasn't a baseball All-Star game. There wasn't an NFL Pro Bowl. But the NBA All-Star game is a showcase, unlike those other two, that's different. And honestly, if with no fan, the NBA is the only league that had its season both interrupted and then restarted in the pandemic. No, but, but they're also- probably strapping. They, and they lost the money, which they need the bread. I can't imagine why players are even acting like this is a surprise. It's not a financial thing that the All-Star game is not a separate entity 
to where if you don't have it, it costs you money. Go so tell that to TNT. Go tell that to the person no, that's going to broadcast. No, TNT and, and ESPN, they lost 10 regular season games from each team. They could have made up though they could have made up some of those games to make money back, but they don't make money because they have the all-star game. It's not well, why even- would you why would you have why would you play make up why would you make those teams play more games? You can make 15 players play one extra game. The no, rest, you like LeBron you, talking about he wants to sign with his family. The rest of the league is going to get it. It's just the all-stars that are gonna be impacted here. There's not gonna be no, any fans, there's not no, gonna be any events surrounding it. It's for the fans who see it on TV. Uh, you can make more money if you played some of those, picked up some of those games, and everybody played the All-Star Weekend rather than just playing an exhibition game that doesn't matter. That's really the point. Right now, and two of them, Zion Williamson and Luka Doncic, just made some interesting honors. Zion was, uh, Zion was, made some interesting honors because Zion was compared to Charles Barkley recently after being the first player to average 23 or more on 60% from the floor or better. And he's had three games in his career of 30-plus from the floor with eight, but better than 80% shooting. Now, Luka Doncic is another rising star in this league. A lot of people had slated in as an MVP candidate. That's lost some steam, but he's still one of the most impressive young players in the league. And this year, or this week, was named to the time 100 next up list. Now, Rob, this is the list of the 100 people that Time Magazine deemed to be next up, okay? Now, there's only, there was only three athletes on the list, and of the two that were active, the first one, Trevor Lawrence, the second one, Luka Doncic. Zion Williamson, nowhere to be found. I say all this to ask you, Rob Parker, you have the number one overall pick in this fantasy draft. Which one of these two guys are you taking to build your franchise around? I'll take uh, Zion. I know he's not, hadn't been getting as much steam. And it's funny that you would use a magazine that has nothing to do with sports. That's the one that you want to, you want to use as a Bible to whether or not he's a better player. They like I didn't Luka. say he was a better player. I asked who would you rather have going for? I'm just telling you, it's funny. Now, if you told me it was Sports Illustrated or somebody who dealt with ESPN.com or something, maybe I would buy into it. But, but to say he made the, the, the time 100 next up to some arbitrary list. Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence hasn't, hasn't thrown a pass in the NFL or whatever. He's not, but, Trevor Lawrence isn't next up. Is that what you're but, trying to tell me? Well, well, Zion's already up because uh, of the numbers and the things that he's already putting up. So I would go there with Zion uh, because, you know what? As soon as everybody was ready to elevate Luka, he, he flopped this year so far and is not even in that conversation for MVP. The answer to me is overwhelmingly Luka Doncic, and it's the number one reason why. You see it every year in the playoffs. You have to have a scorer who can handle the ball and move the ball and facilitate. If you don't, it's not going to work out for you. There's not a team. Whoever wins the finals typically has their high point score with the ball all the time and also moving. It's going to be Luka Doncic. He's going to have more career success than Zion because Zion is not in a position where he's going to be able to get his own shots in the playoffs. I see Zion's, and now don't get me wrong, Giannis is great, okay? But there's ways to defend Giannis, and there's going to be ways to defend Zion that Luka will be able to overcome. And that's why Luka would have been my number one overall pick if they were in the same draft together.
I'm going to give you the last word on that one. All right, let's get to the picks. So right now, there's three games with odds on FanDuel.com as we record this overnight on Wednesday night. First up, the Toronto Raptors are six-and-a-half-point underdogs. They're at the Milwaukee Bucks. Rob, what say you? The Raptors still, I mean, they've gotten better off to such a terrible start, and they're playing better. I mean, if the season were to end, they would make the playoffs. I mean, I know it's a long way to go. 13 and 15, they're starting to play better. Uh, but not that great of a road team. I'm, I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee, uh, nine and three at home. I know six and a half points is a lot. They're eight uh, no in the division. I'm going to go with Milwaukee in this. I say they get a nice, comfortable win against Toronto, enough to cover. And I'm taking the Raptors because I don't believe in Milwaukee. They've been scuffling a little bit, and Drew Holiday is in and out of the lineup. If he's not 100%, that team is no better than the team that we saw lose in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoff last year. I think Toronto's on the come up. They've been getting better. Kyle Lowry is nicked, but I still think Toronto can cover this six and a half. I'm not going to give it for my pick of the day, but I think Toronto covers it six and a half. Coming up next, we have Rob's favorite team versus Rob's arch enemy. The Brooklyn Nets are two and a half point underdogs. They face the Los Angeles Lakers in Los Angeles. Rob, what say you? I'm taking the Nets. Uh, I know there's no Durant scheduled not to play in that game, but also no Anthony Davis. Uh, and if Kyrie and James Harden play, I just saw what they did in Phoenix. I was really impressed by the other Nets. Uh, the Nets are playing pretty well right now. I like what they're doing. I think the Lakers, uh, this will be like a little bit of an adjustment uh, with no Anthony Davis. So I'm going to go with a Laker loss at home against the Nets with two of their three big stars. Not a chance, not a chance, not a chance. Not only are the Lakers not going to lose this game, the Lakers are going to cover this game. And I'm not making this up. I'm not disagreeing with you on purpose. But you have been blinded to seeing what LeBron James has done this season. It's a throwback season. It's a quintessential return to what LeBron James has been doing since, like, well, he's been playing like Miami LeBron with a three-point shot. I mean, the free throws, left, you know, we're working there. But everything else LeBron is doing right now has been at an MVP level and especially in a game like this, on a Thursday night, it's going to be prime time. Everybody's going to be watching. LeBron is not, uh, is not NOT, not going to allow Kyrie Irving to show him up on the national stage. Lakers win and LeBron over points. That's a second same game parlay for you. Here you go. Here's where you're so caught up in LeBron that you don't even know what the Nets have done. Here's your nugget, and I'm going to bet you lemon pepper wings on this game. Here's your nugget. The Brooklyn Nets have the best record against teams over 500 in the NBA. You ready? They're 10-1. They've beaten everybody. All the good teams in the NBA, they're 10-1, mm -hmm. and, and that's not with playing with all three of their big three. That's with some guys in, some guys out. That's how dominant they've been. No other team is close to 10 and one against teams over 500. They beat 10 the and two tomorrow. Okay, let's, we got lemon pepper wings on this one, all right? 
Finally, the Miami Heat visiting the Sacramento Kings. The Heat are three-point favorites. I already gave out my same-game parlay for this in the ad read. I like De'Aaron Fox over points. He's been playing out of his mind. Parlayed that with the Kings to cover. I actually like the Kings to win outright. Uh, Rob, what say you? Kings win. I'm just not. Miami's just all over the place. They just, boy, talk about coming off a trip to the finals. And they've been scuffling. I, I just don't have a lot of confidence in Miami. Uh, I saw that was another game. I saw the Nets beat Miami, and they didn't even have their most of their players. I mean, I, I was just shocked at how bad Miami is. I'm going with the Kings. Kings not only cover, Kings win that game. So I'm with you. All right, there it goes. We're opposite on, on the Bucks and the Lakers. We both agree on the Kings. I love the Kings tomorrow night. That's probably going to be my pick of the day tomorrow. Unless some crazy stuff happens like happened the last two days where I go to sleep and they're three-point underdogs and I wake up and they're 10-point favorites, which has happened twice this week. It's, and it's- my and Pepper parlay, I'm going to take the Nets to beat the Lakers and take those points. And I'm also going to take uh, the Kings. And the Kings will, will, will beat Miami. So I'll take both of those games uh, as my lemon pepper parlay. Okay. Are you taking them? Are you taking them with the points or are you taking them on the money line? Because that's your no, lemon pepper parlay the, on the money take, line. That's take, a boost. I take the points. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to see how much you believed in your boys. I already no, gave I mine out. It's the Aaron. Uh, I like, I love the Sacramento Kings plus three with the Aaron Fox over points. Aaron Fox has been balling, and there's nobody on Miami that's going to be able to guard him in in any in any way. So I love I love the Kings tomorrow night plus three and a half or plus three. All right, so that's our first edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, the NBA edition. We want you to subscribe, check us out uh, every week. We'll be dropping some uh, NBA knowledge, have some NBA players come by and uh, debate some of the hottest topics in the NBA. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm Rob Parker. He's Martin Weiss. Make sure you subscribe and join us next week.